Amen. So we are off of our first Peter uh, uh, part of the sermon, or, or second Peter off of right? We are beyond that portion of our series of becoming like Jesus, but the year-long, hopefully lifelong commitment of becoming like Jesus is still true. And so we're back at looking at some different characteristics of Jesus and, and, and how he modeled those and, and how they are a part of who he is and the nature of who he is. And, and we, we want to adopt those and embrace those into our lives because we, as followers of Jesus, hopefully this is your goal that you want to become like him. Like, like, like he's the guy you want to, to, to be like. I, I saw a, a little video the other day, and it was about Michael Jordan, and I love basketball, and, and, and it had something to do with just the number of kids. I remember this. I lived this. You know, in, in, the, in the 90s and playing high school basketball in the 90s, I, I, I mean, I wanted to be Michael Jordan, right? Sometimes I dream that he is me, right? Be like Mike. And I'm like, well, I've already got the name. Alright? And that's about where it stopped. Okay? Yeah, we love the same sport, but that was it. I mean, I really thought the shoes would help, you know, but the Air Jordans didn't give me any more air. Okay? Just, just confession. And, and, and I certainly didn't have the drive and the work ethic and the things that he had. And I certainly wasn't 6'6", and, you know, just with that incredible athletic ability. But I'm telling you right now, hours were spent in my gravel driveway with, with my, you know, Wooden backboard, okay, that was rotting. Hours were spent in that driveway practicing Michael Jordan moves. Now, of course, I had to lower the goal, you know, down to about eight foot to practice some of the dunking moves, that kind of stuff. But all the other moves, you know, some of those fadeaway shots and things that he was adopting into his game. I, I wanted to be like Mike. And so I went out and I practiced and I practiced and I practiced. I'm thinking about that for us. And when we had that same devotion and desire that, that we want to become like Jesus, that even though it's raining outside, I mean, I'll go put forth the work. What if we had that same desire that, man, I want to become like my creator because I'm already created in his image. I've already got his DNA flowing through us. I've just been corrupted by the world. And so let me take on his characteristics. So with the spirit of Christmas in this time of year, we're going to look into the story. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. You're going to talk about this in your life group as well. So uh, pay attention today. You might want to use your life group. How about that? <laughs> Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. If that could have just come in like just two seconds, I would have been absolutely fine. 
And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. You, know, you can't you can't tell the, the story of the birth of Jesus without running across certain things, joy being one of them. And, and I love that that in the different variations of the story, the different parts of the story, joy is mentioned. We, we, we read it during our scripture reading. Before Jesus was even born, Mary goes to check on her cousin Elizabeth, and they're in the presence. And, and, and what does she acknowledge? She, she says that, that my baby inside me is leaping for joy because he is now in the presence of his Lord. Before he's even born. I mean, I, I think about that. Like, 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 like moms, I mean, you, you, you get that sensation of, of babies kicking and moving and all that kind of stuff right there. But, but the little one is like, hey, this is different. <coughs> He's literally leaping inside of me. Like, I mean, I, I don't know what kind of headroom he had, how, how much air he's getting. Okay? <laughs> but he's leaping inside of her with joy because he is in the presence of, of his Lord. And, and then you take the wise men. You, you take these, these guys, man, they traveled from a, a, a far place off to the east, and it says that they too were filled with joy when they saw the house that the star led them to. I, I mean, they, like, they, they received this from, from most likely the book of Daniel and, and, and the prophecies that were, were part of, of, of Daniel's life. And, and, and when the timing was right, something prompted them to heavies or heavies or trumpets. And they, they go, they follow this star, and it leads them to Herod. They talk, they interact with Herod, and then the star leads them to the house. Like, I mean, think about that. Like, it, it leads them to the house that he is in, and they are filled with joy for what awaits. He's just a baby. I'm not anti-baby. Well, here. But it was this news of who the baby is that filled them with joy. And now you got these shepherds. And they're out in some random field. They're doing their thing. And a heavenly host of angels shows up to these culturally insignificant members of society. I mean, they're like, when you when you rate people in society of levels of importance, 
Hey, you you got a pretty important job because you're watching our livestock and that's food and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to the ranking, the hierarchy of society, you're a bottom dweller. Well, like like you're 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 like we can take anybody if if you've got the ability to walk and a little bit of sense and make you do this. You like custom woodworking and carpentry or fishing or whatever that case may be. Nope, nope. I mean, we can take anybody and stick them out in the field as long as they got a little walking around sense and we can make you a shepherd. And these angels show up to these men of, of very little significance. And they announce to these men, and it's one angel at first, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all people. I don't know if you know this or not, but you qualify. You are part of the all people. He was not talking to just those with an earshot. He was not talking to those just in Bethlehem. He was not talking to just God's chosen people, but to all people. And here's the crazy thing. I, I looked into this a little bit. The Mosaic Law made it almost impossible for shepherds to participate in the temple rituals of worship and sacrifice. I mean, you know enough about the Old Testament, and you're going to learn a, a good bit more this coming year, okay, about, about a lot of the prophecies, and you're going to learn a lot about some of the, the festivals and some of the certain locations and different things. We're going to spend a lot of time in the Old Testament this next year. And there were all these different rituals that took place. And to participate in these rituals of worship and sacrifice, you had to be considered clean. And there's this list of things you could and could not do, and how many days or hours beforehand you could do this, and if you did this and you got blood on you, what you had to do to become clean. And these guys were ceremonially unclean, and here's the crazy thing. Their profession kept them away from the temple for days and even weeks at a time. And so the process for them to even become or to be made clean never happened. Because their work called them away from these rituals and these practices. And when you think about shepherds, and, and, I, and I know that there's some imagery here with King David being a shepherd, and, and Jesus, and then there's a lot of symbolism with this, but these men historically were the spiritually weak and inept of society. I mean, they had a knowledge of God, certainly. That's just part of culture. That's like you and I around here just asking anybody if they're a Christian if they go to church. And they're like, well, yeah, I go to church. Everybody goes to church around here in the deep south. I mean, they may not have gone to church. You know, they did Easter, maybe Christmas, or Easter people. You know, we got those people. And some of them who haven't been to church probably since, you know, the last time they were at Grandma's house, they will still tell you to this day, oh yeah, I go to church. Because church is such a big part of our culture. And so these men have a knowledge of God in the same manner. There's very limited interaction with God, but oh yeah, we know of God. Most professions would take off, you think about it, 
for religious feasts. We have Pentecost. You know, we're we're going we're to have different feasts at different times of the year. Passover. You, most professions are, man, we're shutting it down. You know, I'm, I'm grateful for the companies that, that, man, we are shutting it down for Christmas season. You know, we're taking off the 24th. And I know some of that has to do with, you know, Saturday. And we're definitely shutting down on Christmas Day. And, and, and you got these companies, man, that, that we are shutting down so the families can celebrate together. And, and that's how it was culturally for most professions. They would take time off for the religious feast and the celebration. Guess who they be talking about? The Waffle House workers, right? I mean, they're there 24 7. Never shut down. And the shepherds. And I mean, sometimes they would try, and we're going to talk about this, but we would, next Christmas, actually, this, 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 this Hebrew word that I'm not going to use that term, but I'm sure about to. The shepherds had to keep working. Okay? But the shepherds did not get to take time off to participate in these festivals. And these are the people. This is the class of people that the angels show up. Good news of great joy that will be for all people. And for maybe the first time, they feel a little bit of significance in their life. For, for the first time, maybe, it's I, 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 I feel important. You mean to tell me that this news? That, that, that's going to change my spirit from within is for me too, a shepherd? Absolutely. Because the news we have is for everybody. And, and when you embrace and when you understand the news, it's for all people. It's life-changing news. But unto you, is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. I'm curious. Do you ever relate to the shepherds? I mean, do you ever feel like, man, you're just you're distanced from God? You're, you're, you're left out? Do you ever feel that, hey, I'm not part of, of Team Jesus? And maybe life is just stacked against you in some things, or maybe you've made some choices in your life, and you're just like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, I know that God is there, and I certainly believe in God, and, 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 I, and I, I know of God, but man, it's just, there's some distance here. And I go long periods of time without God really speaking to me. And when I remember to pray, I pray, and I just don't feel that when I'm doing my soap, you know, whenever I do my soap, that, that I'm getting anything out of it. Did you ever relate to the shepherds in this manner? Feel like you're out in a field by yourself, and you know there's God. But that interaction 
when we talked about joy back in May, when we focused on, on this thought that Christians confess, and, and, and I hear it, I'm like, now I don't even know where this came from. But I, but I, I mean, I've heard people say this, that, that in, in this relationship with the Lord and, and in my relationship with my faith family, whatever that looks like for you, I've lost my joy. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm beat down, I'm worn out. I've lost, I, I've got no joy in my life. And here's the thing about joy, and I'm not going to rehash that sermon. You go back, it's May 1st. Joy is not an emotion that is predicated on my circumstances. When things go well, ooh, yay, I'm close to God. And when things don't go well, hey, where's God? He's forgotten. Joy is a state of mind. It's a condition of your heart. And in the Bible, you find people of peace who are going through just devastating things that we most likely have not had to experience, and they have a joy. Paul writes from prison. Rejoice in the Lord always. I, I say it again for those in the back. Rejoice. You think your life is bad? I'm over here in prison. I've been shipwrecked and I've been bitten by snakes and I've been, I've got all this stuff. And I tell you, I've got a joy in the Lord that does not have anything to do with my immediate circumstances. I can have joy from prison. I can have joy when the frantic pace of life is chaotic. I can have joy when I get the bad news. Church, we cannot confuse joy and happiness. Right? Because you, you, you're not... Joy is in the heart. Happiness is on the face. Right? Like Wednesday, we're going to have these kids come down here, and there's going to be a lot of happiness. You know? And they're going to take Santa Claus if they want for Christmas. Caleb's going to entertain them with a, a, a book with a Christian message, and he's going to sing some songs with them. They're going to be in the back. And they're, going to be, they're going to have mounds and mounds of icing to put on to cookies. And smear it all over their face and the whole nine yards. And there are going to be a lot of smiling faces. It's happiness. Joy is this inner feeling that's taking place no matter what. Happiness is this outward expression. Happiness is centered on my immediate circumstances or, or my happenings. In a few minutes, we'll get some dollar fifty tacos, and I'm going to be happy. Joy endures hardship. Joy endures hope. We're out of the season of pork today. You'll have to get something else. Joy endures hardship. And I thought about this from the last time we preached on joy. You know, why is it? Not like, like, let's narrow this down. What's the one thing? What's the thing that keeps Christians with, with struggling with this topic of joy and having joy 365 for the rest of our life? 
Like, like what's the thing? Well, why do we lose joy? Is it just my circumstances? Is it my habits? Is it just the effort that I make in this deal? Because I'm going to tell you, this is a life truth. You will get out of only what you put into. If you show up, you're like, man, I'm going to get fed around here. Well, what kind of effort are you making? All right? Here's the thing I came up with. We lose our joy when we lose sight of what Jesus did for us on the cross. That, that, that's the ultimate game-changing reason we lose our joy when we lose sight of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Look at the announcement from the angels. It's good news of great joy for all people that on this day or on this night in the city of David, a Savior is born. That's the good news. A Savior is born, and he is Christ the Lord. Joy is based on the good news that a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, has been born for all people. Joy is not dependent upon our circumstances. Joy is available to you all the time through a saving relationship with the Lord. On the night a Savior is born. Church, the only thing that matters in life at the end of the day is what I do with the good news that the angels say is available to you and I. That's it. Anything else in life is second to this. Nothing else matters. If you get in those valley moments, and we do, we, we all have those valley moments. We have the moments where, where life does not go as I want it to or as I hoped it would. Remember who was born. I mean, the, the things, things just aren't going as planned in my life. I, I thought right now in this stage of life, I would be at this place or I would have this or I didn't get to take this trip, or I didn't get to do this thing, or whatever it may be. Those valley moments of life, remember who was born. So I'm going to do this in reverse order, just to make it simple for you. He says who was born is Savior, who is Christ the Lord. There's some importance there. He is Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord was born on this night. Church, we're going to walk out of here knowing. And I don't mean just from a knowledge standpoint, but a place in our heart knowing that He is our Lord. If you have claimed Him as Savior, as we'll talk about in just a second, and you did not declare that I also acknowledge you as the Lord of my life, the Master of my life, then you're setting up for some cheap grace. All right, you're missing out on some things. My life without him is meaningless. 
But because of him, my life is everything. And he has to be Lord of our lives. I don't get to pick and choose. Man, you know what? It's Sunday. Christmas spirit's flowing. And we got some good Krispy Kreme donuts. Worship team, man, they did a great job up here. Sing some of the songs that I like. Michael, believe it or not, I promise you, you can drop shoulder today and you'll be sound. And you know what? Life is just good. Yeah, go Jesus. I'm kind of fired up about everything. I don't get to pick and choose that, that today, man, I really love the Lord. And man, whatever God says to me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do. And, and then by the time Friday night gets here, like, oh, I get to live for me tonight. I gotta let off a little steam. You know, I got I gotta go do my thing. It's the me time where 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 you know I feed the flesh because the flesh makes me feel good. How about I'm opposed to me time? And my family's not in here family with me. He's about to get ridden out, but he he he's family. <laughs> Man, I got some time to hang up this weekend. Everybody's going to be gone. I'm excited about the meantime. Let me tell you. And I'm not. Look here. If he is Lord of your life, he is Lord of your life 24-7. When I understand that he is Lord, and I start living my life the way he would live my life, I, I really learned from him because you know his yoke is easy and his burden is light. I will have joy no matter the circumstances. The second reminder of who was born this night? It's a Savior. I don't know about you, I don't want to speak for you, but I know in my own life personally, I take this for I can go days without even thinking about what Jesus did as my Savior. We take this for granted and we lose sight of this important fact. He died on the cross. And when we lose sight of that, joy fades. This church, I don't say this in a joking way, but we are a bunch of wretched sinners. Every one of us. We are a bunch of wretched sinners who come into this world. We don't have a choice. We don't get to choose. That happens. And I come into this world and, and, and I live a short period of time on earth. And then when my life ends, the only hope of not spending my afterlife in the depths of hell is Jesus. He saves us from this. And, and, and I know that in our 77.25 years on earth, it's easy to get caught up in the here and now. I, I know that it's easy to focus on, on the bills and the things that weigh me down right now. But we must remember that this life is but a vapor. It's a mist. You are here today and you are gone tomorrow. And then eternity kicks in. Actually, truthfully, 
and accepting him as their Lord and Savior, eternity begins. But we focus too much on this world, and when we focus on the day to day, that we lose sight. He saved us from our sins, and without him, we have no hope. Why this is so important. That, I mean, that, that this is why this is so important. And the interesting thing about the, the timing of this and where, where, where this is coming to is, is that I've had some conversations just this week with, with some, some, some recent visitors. You take communion every day. Find that to be a little odd? No, not at all. At least we can take it today. In the proper manner. With the proper perspective. We pause every single week, church, to remember the work on the cross. The love that was demonstrated to you and I. The sacrifice that was made. With his blood, he bought our lives. And so one of the reasons that we take communion every week is the reminder of this good news. And so let's do it. Go ahead and get your cups out. As, as, we, as we meditate on this today, I want you to remember your moment, though, okay? Like, like I, I know the scene, and every single week we, we, we point to the Last Supper, and we, we point to what Jesus did at the table, where he passed the bread and said, this is my body, and he passed the, the wine and said, this is my blood. I, we, we meditate on that, and I'm, I'm good with that. But, but here's what I want you to do today. I want you to remember your moment. Mine was at North Georgia Christian Camp. It was at a campfire. They were singing this, what I would call today, and I'm sorry, but Lord Jesus kids, right? This ridiculous song, we celebrate Jesus. We do this little thing. Man, I can't even clap back here now without getting a cramp, right? You do this thing, you do this thing, you do this thing. And what it, it was, it was not the, the serious come forward and give your life to Christ. I'm sitting over there, and, 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 and something just in me. Get up. And go find a counselor. Tell him you're ready to give your life to the Lord. So I went to the first guy. And, and I mean, seriously, I'm, I'm not making this up. He looked at me and he's like, you what? Like, they're over there, faith and hell. You're singing this rapid song. You do it faster and faster. And he gets you all worked up and everything. He's like, you want to do what? He's like, this isn't the invitation. That's what he said to me. This is not the invitation song. That's, that's my moment. And so I had to go over here to John Birchfield, who was a senior minister at the time. And I'm like, man, I'm ready to give my life to the Lord right now. He's like, well, let's go talk. And we went into the fellowship hall, and I, I remember where we were. I, I remember how close. I was like, man, it's kind of awkward, man. You're, like, you're, you're in a metal chair facing me, and I'm in a metal chair facing you, and our knees are like, like overlapping one another. They're like, we're too close right here. 
And then he's, he's, he's explaining this process to me. He's explaining what's happening in my life right now. And he tells me straight up, hey, man, you just need to know. Like, I mean, he was kind of, like, I, I don't ever promote this. But he was like, man, you know, you, you, you got to be baptized. you got to be baptized. And if you die tonight without getting baptized, you're, you're not saved yet. And so, I mean, I still had two days of camp left. And we're in the mountains of North Georgia. And I'm out and we're spending the rest of this week, like, all cautious. And I'm not walking up the steep trail. It's all rocky where people fall and break legs and ankles and that kind of stuff. I'm walking the paved road all the way around the long way because I'm scared something might happen to me. And I, and I finally get to church on Sunday because, you know, my parents, they didn't want it to happen in the pool. They, they certainly didn't have the same concern I did. Right? And so it's going to happen here in the back street. Your youth minister, Mark Bond, is going to do this. And church, I'm not kidding. I was the first person to get baptized. And he led me through this thing. He said all the stuff, do all the things. He grabbed my face, my hand, put it over my nose. And when he laid me back, my head hit the side of the, the baptistry. I mean, it was a lot of I mean, I came up out of there with a headache. All right? That's my moment, though. And I think about that moment. Sitting there on that bench. Here's this thing, the Lord comes into my heart. And at the end of the day, I remember. I, I was excited. I, I, I couldn't possibly grasp everything that, that, was, that was taking place. But I knew enough to know that before this moment, I did not have a relationship with this Savior who came and died for my life. And after that moment, I'm now part of the family of God. And I think about that. I've got every reason in the world to have to be down here today. No amount of work is going to So think about your moment. Think about that moment of surrendering to the Lord. Know that in the background, Jesus is saying to you and I this morning, do this in the remembrance of me. Because he loves you so much. So take a moment. You meditate on this. You just take a moment as you're as you're doing. And I'm gonna wrap this up in just a second. God, we love you. We thank you for the love that was shown to us, that is shown to us, that yet while we were sinners, 
you sent your son to be a sacrifice for our sins. And I, I pray that, that that thought alone, that, that your love and our depravity brings joy to our lives, no matter what our circumstances are. God, we, we realize we're in a fallen world. There's going to be some stuff that takes place. It's going to bring us down. But God, my, my prayer today is in these moments, especially in these moments, we remember your love for us. On this day, I bring you good news. Great joy. Thank you, God. And, and so I love how the story begins with joy, right? And, and so the shepherds are like, yeah, we're going to check this thing out. We're going to do this thing. Who knows what we'll find? You know, how about that experience with the angels and the heavenly host just jumping in? And they go into Bethlehem and they, because they're shepherds, they know where the manger is. They, they, know, they know where, you know, the barn is. And so they, they find their way there and they get there and they, they, they experience Jesus. They tell everybody, yeah, this is just what happened to us. We were out here in the fields and these angels came. And when these things happen, it says they returned to their fields. They return to their world. We're about to send you back out to your world, to your fields. And, and they return doing what? Glorifying and praising God. And so I, I want this to be our response to him. I want us to leave here today glorifying and praising God for all the things that we have seen and heard. And that is Jesus Christ. So let's stand. Let's stand.